I'm Russ White at the Network Collective, and this is a Network Collective short take. In this short take, I'll be talking about covert channels through processor caches. The figure shown represents a rather rough, perhaps a mile-high view of process execution on a modern processor. So let's say that you're following process one and it branches. What does a branch mean? A branch just means that the process reaches a point in the program where it must do either one thing or the other, such as if this variable is true, do this. If it's false, do that. Waiting to determine which branch will execute can slow the processor way down. It can't preload code. It can't execute ahead of the flow of the software. There's lots of things a processor could be doing while it's waiting on this branch to decide, or this program to decide which way it's going to branch. To resolve this, modern processors execute speculatively. Both branches are loaded and executed. When the branch is taken, or the process itself decides which way it's going to do, the unneeded work is simply discarded. Well, in many processors, before the Spectre and Meltdown problems, that information was simply left on the processor's cache and registers, to be, which meant it could be read by some other process. So for instance, process two can follow process one, look at the speculative branch that did not complete or did, was not taken by process one, and it can read the information from process one's cache and other information. This is how the Spectre and Meltdown breaches work. There are fixes for these breaches now, which primarily revolve around just clearing out that speculative execution branch. Though these fixes did cause some performance loss. There are, however, possible breaches in a chipset running multiple processes that we haven't looked at yet. For instance, let's take a processor that's in a data center running load from multiple customers or different applications that should be in separate security zones. What if you could infect one of these two processes, but that process is set up so that it has no access to the internet or the outside world at all? But that process that you've infected has some really important information like people's social security numbers or their mother's maiden name or something like that, the first pet they've ever owned and the, or the first car they owned or something like that. You really want to be able to exfiltrate that data, but that process doesn't have access to any of the outside world through the network. It is still possible after the fixes inspector and meltdown and everything else to exfiltrate this data if you can get two processes on the same processor that can cooperate in exfiltrating the data. Notice a second element that is shared across all the processes in this diagram. It's the processor cache. This processor cache contains a small amount of memory relative to main memory and other storage locations. What happens here is as the processor is munching through the code, it's going to prefetch from main memory into the cache and execute out of this cache. Access to this is much, much faster than main memory. It seems that normally the contents of this cache change too rapidly to be useful for a process to read information back out of the cache. There's no context. Everything is changing so fast that it's not really usable any way of exfiltrating data. A group of researchers at Graz University of Technology and Microsoft, however, have found a way to use the cache to communicate between two processes. The paper is called Hello from the Other Side, SSH over a cache covert channels in the cloud. The researchers set out to figure out how to communicate between two applications through the shared memory space of the cache. This, in theory, is one of the only places where the two processes can talk to each other through a common shared memory space. 
Assuming that you have the two pieces of software that want to communicate through the cache, one can cause the processor to load information into the cache and then release the processor to the second process. The second process can then access the cache and read the information in from the first process. But what if some other process is run in the meantime? It can cause the cache to be overwritten or worse, emptied out. Since the spot the receiver is looking for is now empty, it has no way to know whether the information was not sent, whether the information was erased, whether it's all zeros, what is going on? The information is just missing. The researchers got around this by looking at wireless techniques to communicate over fairly unreliable channels. The same sort of thing happens there. So what they decided to do is they put the information in multiple locations and then used various techniques to determine which of those copies is the correct copy. The receiver can also acknowledge receipt of the information in the same way. This allows a fairly robust communication channel between the two processes. Even when using these techniques, you still need some form of error correction. One of the most robust ways to find and correct errors is through one of the various encryption algorithms. Using an encryption mechanism would have the nice side effect of, well, encrypting the data. This makes it difficult for, for someone who's eavesdropping on the cache channel to figure out what you're doing. It just makes the data look kind of more random, which makes it harder to detect that this cache channel is going on. The researchers chose SSH as their encryption mechanism. The result was a 42K per second covert channel between two applications running on the same process. Now these were actually two applications running on the same processor on two Amazon EC2 instances that happened to be running on the same physical machine. So this sort of exfiltration of data or copying of data between multiple processors is actually possible. So when you're running multiple processes or multiple loads in a cloud or even in your local data center, you need to be very careful about how you place the processes onto physical processors. Because if one of these is compromised and the other has total internet access or access to some sort of a Dropbox, it can allow that data to be exfiltrated from the secure process or what you think is the secure process into an unsecure one. So that's it for this time. Visit us at the Network Collective for more content that will help you build your cognitive and metacognitive skills as a network engineer. While you're there, check out our membership, which unlocks even more great content, as well as access to an awesome community of network engineers. And remember, you can always find me at rule11.tech. Thanks.